Kathy. And I'm Allie. And it's About, about time, time for True Crime. Hey. Hi, hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm just doing lovely. Um, for those of you who don't know, Allie and I record these together all the time. So I literally just made us wait so long so I could go pee because I have the bladder of like a pregnant mouse. Um, <laughs> pregnant mouse. And then we just had like a nice little conversation and just straight up in the middle, we started recording. So here we are. That was it. Just hey, you. Hey, hi. And how are you? <laughs> um, we hope that you guys are having a great week. I'm glad that it's staying light longer. I'm glad that it's week. warming up, at least here in New England. Yes. Um, also this week, I'm appreciating lip gloss. I feel like that's been my new trend. Normally, I'm like a matte liquid lip girly. I've been into my lip glosses lately. Okay, I will say this, though. And for those of you listening who probably don't know what we look like, let me set the scene. <laughs> Abby has the best lips. Do and I? <laughs> and I mean that in like, they look like if Kylie Jenner's didn't look like there was a ton of filler in there. <laughs> you, like, like you know how like That's you can tell? Sweet. And they look great, but yeah. you know, it's like, imagine them looking great, but like, all natural baby yeah except you bitch that plus scar tissue from when i bit through them so okay well that. whatever it is it builds character sure and it looks fantastic <laughs> and yeah the gloss is is doing it for you well the gloss is popping the lip gloss is cool uh-huh. but my issue has always been like i can't wear anything too bright or bold because I do have big lips, so it takes over my whole fucking face. So if I wear like a statement lip, I literally can't wear other makeup or people are like, whoa, bitch, you can wear a statement lip. You can wear like a solid bright, like that blue red and rock it. (gasps) Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You can do that. Um, But I really like the lip gloss stuff because I feel like it just makes my lips look healthy and happy. Correct. Um, And as someone who also has a terrible time drinking water and big lips, guess what? more to chap so (laughs) (laughs) i have been definitely liking that and what else oh i tried um a new rare beauty liquid blush i've been been on the rare beauty liquid blush kick myself it's so good loving that selena gomez hit us up no i'm just kidding um xos xos we will absolutely not kidding and we're totally team selena yeah we we are oh Um, my gosh one of my favorite (laughs) memes that came out of all the justin bieber drama was like justin bieber going okay you literally cannot talk to the love of my life that way i also wanted her to have the last name bieber but we don't always get what we want (laughs) (laughs) him to his wife you can't talk to my love the love of my life that way yeah (laughs) i know oh we all want selena gomez it's okay She's just so cute and she's so sweet and like a real human being, which I like. Yeah. She's one of the few that is, I don't know, that seems like she could have a conversation and she, it's Hold not just skin deep. Dig you grounded. Know? Yeah. Like she's got a personality and. And somehow she managed to do all of that while being a child star, which I'm like, good on you, girl. That yeah. shit's hard. Like, <laughs> yeah, I haven't even lived it and I know it's hard. And I like the and I like the makeup. I haven't tried anything from yeah. Rare Beauty that I didn't like at first. I was like, great, another celebrity brand. Yeah, a lot of them suck. Like I'll be honest. Yeah, like, I'm my my things right. True crime and makeup. Like yep. that's that's my feed. That's my like for you page. Like that's that's yeah. Me. And I love watching like makeup YouTube. It's just mindless and good mm, and it's so fun. None of it matters. You know, no. at the end of the day, you just wear it makes you feel comfortable and that's it. But like. 
all the celebrities all have their stupid brands and so many of them are terrible and it's like there was no thought put into that you just slapped your name on a random ass fucking formula and it's why like if if she didn't gonna come out with stuff it's why i really like when people actually think about who's buying it you know like tati beauty got shut down but I have, what is it, like the palette that she came out with? Yes. And she put so much time and effort and thought into building that palette of like, okay, who's going to use it? What are they going to use? What's actually going to be helpful? Because I'm not going to throw you a palette with like bright orange and bright green mm-hmm. for the first thing that you're going to get. Yep. And then she builds all of these neutrals with pretty different finishes. So you can make a variety of looks with one palette. So it's... I don't know. It's like stretching your dollar, you know, just to do more with what you have. Yeah. I'm sad you can't get it anymore. I know. I'm really sad um, because I'm going to hit pan on a few of those soon. But also, it's just one of those things that's like Selena Gomez has lupus. She's gotten like a ton of stuff done, including I think she had to have like a kidney transplant Mm -hmm. or maybe a liver one. Um, But she makes all of her beauty products then. They're really accessible for people who have like non-steady hands and you know some of those more fine-tuned detail motor skills mm-hmm. are a little bit harder all of her stuff is totally friendly for stuff like that and I think that it means so much especially for people who you know can't use a liquid liner because it smells fear like yeah <laughs> and that's not even with you know I don't have any like trembling hands or anything like that yeah. so I, j- I really appreciate that and I appreciate that she talks about mental health but anyway that's my Selena Gomez love rant but yeah, no, I mean, that pretty much... I just love her. She's so sweet. Um, And also love Only Murders in the Building. Haven't <sighs> seen it yet. I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh my I God, know. please watch it. I know. We please, are... Please, please, please. We're kind of late to the party, but... Uh, I hate... Okay. Does anybody else hate the word fiancé? I do. Like, um, I want to talk about him, but I don't want to... Like, my fiancé. That sounds so, like... Um, I don't know what it was from. There was definitely some movie, but they called, they said fiance, and I think about that anytime I see fiance now, I'm like <gasps> me and the fiance. But also, sure. boyfriend doesn't feel right, and husband doesn't feel right. You know what yeah, I mean? Boyfriend, like, boyfriend doesn't cut it. Husband is a lie. Yep. The man that I already live with and want to continue to live with and spend the rest of my life with that one, yeah. him. Mm-hmm. But him. I d- fiance just sounds so fiance. like oh really? You know. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Me and him. I don't mind it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Have been watching Ozark, which I know we're mm-hmm. late to the party. I, originally, I had watched maybe like the first season way back when. Like, you know, when it was like really popular and yeah. everything. And I don't know what it is. And apparently it's an unpopular opinion. But I think Jason Bateman could fucking get it. <laughs> and seeing him in like a. Is that an unpopular opinion? I sent it to one of my friends and she was like, absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> I was like, okay, more for me than bitch. All right. Bye. Um, but it's like he plays a typical Jason Bateman character, which is always kind of like the dorky, nerdy, hilarious, like, but yeah, not on comedic purpose. Relief. Yeah. yeah. But he's also kind of a badass Ooh, okay. in this show. And I know you haven't seen it. So I'd watched the first season, was into it. And then I don't know, shit happened. So then I was like, all right. We're going to watch it. So now he and I have been watching it. Okay. Me and Jason Bateman. No, I'm just kidding. Um, And sexy watching the show. And we are in the last season. Ooh. And they're not going to make any more. So I'm like, okay, this is really it. So I'm about to have like that post show depression, which I hate. So I need to have like something else lined up. But the show is really good. And I would recommend it if you haven't watched it. It's on Netflix, which is like most of us have that. You should absolutely do what we are. 
what we do in the shadows. Oh my god, uh, that too. Um, yeah, that just rolls off my ma- mouth. Yeah, what that. the fuck? Um, <laughs> what is with us? <laughs> just today? rolls off my tongue because I love it so much. But uh, only murders in the building should be next. It's on Hulu. It's so good. It's like Selena Gomez is in it. She's yep. a phenomenal actress. She's supposed to be super deadpan, like her character is. Yeah, and Steve Martin's in it, right? Steve Martin and the canadian guy martin shorts yeah martin shorts that's it yep i always want to call him steve shorts because i know that they share one of their names in common but i can never remember which one it is martin shorts um i think i call him the canadian guy because (laughs) it sounded so like out of left field but in disney uh uh-huh uh in the okay bear with me if you go to walt disney world if you go to epcot yeah and you are in the like world showcase and i'm a big disney uh like fan of like the parks not like disney yeah like i don't sit and watch every disney movie and no you guys ali does not have a mickey mouse soap dispenser no hate if you do just saying she's not that disney adult. no i don't have like the merch or like sit and like watch all the movies as soon as they come out but the parks just hit different mm-hmm. and if you go to epcot and you're in the countries blah 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 and you go to canada he either is the current like little show that they have like he narrates it or he was the old one oh, i don't know if he still is okay so like so it they're all people from the countries and everything and he's canadian and so he either it was at one point the voice or is currently the voice anyway that's why i'm like hey, him him the canadian i'm like <laughs> I, I always get it. the really good poutine there <laughs> oh my gosh you're so funny well i but still gotta take so, you there but it's yeah so good um the three of them meet because the power goes out or something in the building and they all listen to the same true crime podcast. Ours? Yeah. Oh, hey. Sweet. Um, and then they become kind of this team of like armchair detectives and it's so good. Oh, us? Yeah. Let it, no, it's so good and it's funny and it's got an amazing score, but it's also just really artfully done. Like, I think there was a... um totally silent episode like they did it like a silent film style like it's so good wait really that yeah sounds cool it's really fun i think you'd like it I and like it. there's a twist at the end that's Ooh. actually good it wasn't like i could see that coming from a mile away okay yeah i'm Selena into Gomez it is the killer isn't she dun 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 with a knitting needle <gasps> there you just go. kidding watch you'll love it um while we're recommending shows and we've recommended these in the past, but if you're like a newer listener, hey, hello, and how are hey, you? We love you. Love you. Um, also, you need to watch The Boys. Yes. And you need to watch What We Do in the Shadows. Oh. And you need to watch Archer. And okay? Schitt's Creek. And Schitt's Creek. And what else do we quote on here? All those. Um, the Office. We do that one a lot, but I feel like most people have. Yeah, at least Parks and Rec. The main ones. Oh, I love Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah, we're bad. Um, well, we just named a bunch of like really good things. So why don't you tell me about something that's going to make me want to cry? I Yeah, I was thinking of doing that because I've got like 12 pages of research just like uh. sitting here all pretty. And I'm like, I should probably tell you about that stuff. Yeah, probably. We should have so. saved that for a reprieve. Damn. <laughs> anyway. So let's get into it, shall we? Uh, okay. Okay. Well, I would just like to welcome our listeners back to another episode of their absolute favorite oh guys you didn't have to say that true crime podcast so thank you all today we do have a doozy um there's there's really no other way to put that it's an intense case that calls for some content warnings like i don't know maybe child abuse sexual assault violence um and it also calls for crediting today's sources 
Oh, so the normal cocktail. Did you like that I little see. segue? Did yeah, like I did. That? You like that? Okay. So um, in no particular order, I got a lot of information from the following. AP News, Entertainment Weekly, Murderpedia, Cinemaholic, Mountain Murders Podcast, Radford University, and an episode of, an, another episode of the show Evil Lives Here, which oh, I shit. really like, which I actually found out after I picked this case. Nice. that there was an episode on that and i was like i love this show i knew i loved this show but anyway yes. that's um, always the best and there's many others but y'all you can always find them below babe don't Every worry damn about time. it don't worry about it they're always there um but let's catch abby up because she doesn't actually know what we're talking yeah, about what the fuck are we talking about you today cl- you click she's putting on her lip gloss you uh-huh. guys um <laughs> it's popping it's cool all the boys keep stopping. They chase me after school. So today we're going to be talking about the life and crimes of Richard Daniel Starrett. Whomst? Yeah. You've probably not heard of him. Um, Do we like him or no? You said life and crime, so probably no. I'm going to let you decide. Damn. I think you're going to know pretty quick. Okay. So Richard Daniel Starrett was born to Richard and Jerry Starrett, September 25th, 1959. Is... Richard and Jerry? Yep. Okay. Jerry, female. Okay. I've never heard that as a female yeah. name. Yeah. That's cute. I like that. I know it is. Oh, okay. Keep going. Sorry. Um, in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Hi, so he was raised as Daniel. So like his name and what I'll include sort of in the title is Richard Daniel Starrett because that is what his, you know, right, his legal name is. Name. But he goes by Daniel and Danny pretty interchangeably, so we'll kind of use them interchangeably in here. Okay. But anyway, he did not go as Richard, but his dad's name is Richard, so. Yeah, it sounds like a family name. where came from, so yeah. So let's get into a little bit about him. Okay. Starting from the very beginning. Oh, day one. When he was born. Wow, really day one. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> it was a drizzly Tuesday. No, I'm Ooh. just kidding. Um, <laughs> But as a kid, he was a very sickly baby. Oh, yeah. He just he wasn't always very healthy. He cried a lot and he was often needing to be brought to the doctor's office for like any kind of various reasons. But unfortunately, things that the things that were wrong with him just sort of had to play out on their own. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a whole lot of like medical intervention that could have taken place. It was really like just like he, he's going to have to deal with it. Um, he would have an upset stomach a lot he would just cry a lot the kid was just sort of like in pain and the parents were like what the hell do we do here okay um and there just wasn't a whole lot that they could do and at that point there wasn't a whole lot that they could afford like maybe some of the medication that might have helped would have been like very expensive i don't think that they had insurance or something so it was like they resorted to a lot of like wives tales sort of like homeopathic yeah yeah well, also, as a klutzy Pisces, I also cried a lot as a kid and had to go to the doctors a lot as a kid. But normally it was like a sprained ankle. No, he had like GI tract issues. Got it. Like he had like a little upset belly and everything, Aww, which as a baby, guy. you just, I know. We don't feel that way about him later, but right now no. we do. So you feel baby. for the kid, not the adult. I'm yes. feeling for the kid. And... They just did their best to sort of make him... It wasn't like he was on his deathbed by any means, but, like, overall, he was... He cried a lot. He wasn't feeling great. He was maybe not colicky, but kind of just not not great. Yeah. Anyway, growing up, his parents were out of the house a lot. They were working. They were trying to make ends meet. And because of that, he had to spend a lot of his early years with a babysitter. 
Okay. And this babysitter was 12 years old. Oh. Okay. And like John Mulaney has yes, a skit about this. Yes, I was just this. thinking about yes, that. Yes, that's a total riot. And it's basically like a 12-year-old babysitter is just one kid in charge of a slightly smaller yeah. kid. Like, oh, when I, when I was a kid and I had a babysitter, I thought she was like 25. It's like, she was 13. Yep. <laughs> What does he say? It's like making a horse in charge of the dog or yeah, something like, like that. Well, I mean, like, I yeah. guess, but not really. You can do slightly more things. <laughs> yeah. So <gasps> he was in the care as this sickly baby uh. of a 12-year-old. And that had to be challenging, I'm sure, at least for a babysitter to deal with. I mean, again, she's she's a child trying to take care of a sick child. And that yeah. that just kind of sounds like a recipe for disaster. And yeah. it was, but not in a way that you might expect. To put it plainly, Danny was both abused and neglected by his 12-year-old Aww. babysitter, Andrea, Danny. and her brother, Fred. So And the, Fred? The, the duo? Two, yeah, the two of them were sort of taking care of him. He would be left to sit in soiled diapers for hours. No. Just crying and crying and would develop like these super painful red diaper rashes Mm. from just being left to sit there. And neighbors noted that they would hear him crying all day and that it didn't really sound like anybody was trying to comfort him or take care of him. So it was like they'd leave him in a room to cry and they'd go do whatever Whatever it is that they they wanted to do. Oh. Um, Andrea and Fred were also suspected of both physically and sexually abusing him, but Mm. no charges were brought forward. Danny's mother, Jerry, felt that her son's behavior changed after they had been watching him. And in her gut, she just felt that that's what happened. Okay. Um, Why she didn't do anything about it, I don't know. I can't imagine that I would let that go, but maybe that's because they weren't going to be living there long or something like that. Or maybe she didn't want to accept it at all. But they were a military family. Okay. So they moved around a lot and didn't really plant roots anywhere for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And maybe she didn't report it because she didn't want to believe that it was happening. Or maybe she had zero proof. Right. I don't know that Danny's ever said that this, that was his experience or that he recalls anything because growing up he did have babysitters and things right. like that. Um, but I guess his mom always felt that and it was just kind of documented everywhere that they believed he had suffered sexual abuse as a kid. Okay. I also wonder, you know, if the proof that they might have had was physical, like, you know, kids will sometimes have some telltale signs on mm-hmm. their body when they're that small yeah. of sexual abuse. And if you don't take pictures or have the ability to document or get that looked at right away and that's all you have, absolutely, your body heals. And so. also that, but I mean, like, he's he's already a sickly baby who's being left to sit. I mean, that alone yeah. should make you not leave your kid in this person's care yeah but i mean it it was just all around bad and he's just like he's a baby he's right a so baby. like we're starting out like he's oh and one okay yeah you know and this must be a thing with daniels or danny's because we saw this with danny rolling as well mm-hmm. but this is where um dun 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 head injury enters the chat oh tbi how the hell are you yes hey. so when Danny was a toddler. Mm-hmm. He fell out of his dad's moving car uh, head first. Uh, now, I don't know exactly how fast he was driving, but he was driving. And this kid just fucking fell out. What and the I, shit? I doubt that he was like a dog who like saw a ball and like yeeted himself out of the car. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure that he probably wasn't in a proper car seat or anything. I mean, this is like the 60s. I, I mean, who knows? Yeah. I know they certainly weren't built like they are today, but they also weren't just like fucking 
nothing. Yeah, they weren't, like, rolling around in the back seat. <laughs> so, whatever it was, he was able to, like, get the door open, and the kid just fucking fell out. Oh, my gosh. Probably rolled a few times, yeah. and the dad just was like, "Oh no. well, oops. So, instead of doing... Then he would be Danny rolling. Instead of... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That hit different. Um, so the that, dad. Was a, that was a good one. Whew. All right. I'm going <laughs> to need a minute for that. Um, he was Danny Rowley, wasn't he? <laughs> um, anyway. Damn. Okay. So instead of doing anything about it, his dad yeah. picked him, scooped him up. Yeah. Said, they're there. Brought him home. Yeah. Tucked him in. And oh. was like, take a nap. Take a nap. That'll You're not fix everything. To put someone to sleep after they have a traumatic brain injury. So, like, if anyone else has had a concussion, yeah, uh, sleeping is the last thing that you should do. I was begging to sleep when I got mine, and they were like, "Fuck no, no sleeping." And I, I was like, "I'm so tired." <laughs> I ended up getting. This is embarrassing. I don't have a cool story for getting <laughs> a concussion. I, I don't either. I wish I did. I wish it was like, but you should see the other guy. No, yeah. none of that. I went on a roller coaster <laughs> that I was a little too short for. <laughs> and the overhead fucking <laughs> rest thing, <laughs> like where the foam is yeah. to like protect your head. I was just short enough where I was like bouncing off the metal <laughs> instead. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, it was it, not good. If it helps, my concussion story was... Um, your bitch does not drink enough water and I was so dehydrated I stood up and passed out. I just hit my head on tile floor. I would rather do that. Yep. Then on a roll like I got in line for this. I waited in line oh for this. I gosh. waited in line for a head injury. So that Yay! was mine. Yep. No, anyway. literally. And so then, yeah, he and I had whiplash. It was a whole thing. So oh anyway. God. So this I, man does exactly the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Yes, with correct. A child with a brain injury. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. Good caretaking. So they were like, not really sure. Uh, Because like, you know, you don't take a nap, but a nap was taken. (laughs) Okay. And there was no medical intervention here where there absolutely should have been. Well, glad to hear there was no internal bleeding. Pretty sure he'd be dead from that. (laughs) So. So then we fast forward to age seven. Okay. So this is where we are. Oh my God. We're not even at seven yet. Danny started falling down a lot. Okay. And his parents sort of wrote this off as attention seeking. And then they were kind of like, okay, the ki- like stop falling over. Okay, seriously, stop fucking falling over. Like he'd get up and like, woo, and fall down. Ooh. And they were like, stop Spooky. it. And then they'd scold him for it. And he kept saying, I, I really can't help it. I'm not doing this yeah. on purpose. So they finally took him to a doctor. And the doctor had braced the family that, you know, he'd be sent for some scans, but it could be a brain tumor. So he was yeah. trying to, like, prep them for that. And luckily, that was not the case. Woo! There was no tumor. However, he still had his Babinski reflex. What the f- Yeah. So I tried to figure out what in the hell. What in the full-on fuck. What in the full-on fuck a Babinski reflex was. And I think I figured it out, so I'm going to do my best to explain it. Okay. Okay? So when an infant is born, they should have the Babinski Okay. Reflex. So it's supposed to be something you like what age out of? Yes. Okay. So basically, if you have a little infant mm-hmm. and on the bottom of their foot is like, if you firmly stroke it, what should happen is the toes should fan out 
And then okay. the big toe will sort of point up and back. Okay. So it's a little bit hard to describe without a visual aid, but picture the little toe beans. Yeah. Like all spread, like cute little fan, and the big toe would point toward their shin. So, yeah. like going back. As far, I assume as far as it can naturally yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, not like touching anything. God, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> but yeah, it's supposed to go that way. And that's when an in, that's what the infant is supposed to do. Right. But eventually they grow out of that. So that reflex is supposed to like go away, subside, whatever it is. And eventually when you grow out of it, when that happens, they'll fan out and go down. Okay. Right. So like it's like not like a tickle, but like if you were to do that across someone's feet right now, your toes would kind of go down. Right. Okay? Yeah, that makes sense. So... You can age out of this anywhere Mm -hmm. from like two months old to as late as two years. Okay. But two years is really cutting it. Like that should be it. Okay. Now, ultimately, he didn't grow out of this. And at age seven, he still had this reflex. Okay. Okay. Now, when I tried to look up what that meant, like, okay, he still has it. So what? Um, According to the National Institute of Health, a child or adult who hasn't grown out of this after the age of two may have something atypical going on. This can indicate an issue with the central nervous system and a disconnect between the brain and the spinal cord. Okay. Yeah, that's concerning. So they also found that with him, one of his feet had stopped growing. Okay. And so it impacted his gait. So it caused him to favor one side of his body. So That makes sense. This, I mean, this can have negative impacts on everything, really moving up your knees, your hips, your back, pretty much everything head to toe can really set it off and it can be painful over time. Yeah. They tried to just kind of do what they could to like help him adjust with that. So really they couldn't really determine exactly like how it was impacting things, but that there was this disconnect and there was something like not quite right going on. Yeah. Um, And then when he was in the first grade, his mother was told by his teacher that her son would likely not move on to second grade because he was not able to read. Okay. And she was important for second grade. She was shocked because Danny spent a lot of his free time at home reading. Like Hmm. he would sit with books basically like as a little kid and his mother pushed back and she's like, no, he spends time reading. He knows how to read. There's no way you can tell me that doesn't know to know how to, but apparently the teacher was right and suggested that Danny see a psychologist because well, he might have been looking at books. He wasn't reading them. Yeah. And he also had a pretty significant stutter. Okay. So he meets with a psychologist, which was good. And they believe that uh, Danny had dyslexia, which b- could have yeah. been related to why he was having struggles with reading. And suggested that he wear an eye patch to try to correct it, to like retrain the other eye huh. and strengthen it. And um, from what I could find, Danny did not wear an eye patch, and he also did not go see a psychologist again. So I think the parents were like, yeah, nah. Interesting. And didn't. So Danny's behavior in childhood was described as hyperactive. Hey. Uh, He rarely sat still. He was sort of the kid that was bouncing off the walls. He did well in school, but he was disruptive in classes. So he was normally the kid that was the distraction. Right. Um, He wasn't really being challenged in the classroom, and the material would usually come easy to him but he wasn't really exerting himself to do super well either sounds like classic adhd presentation in boys and at home Mm. he would sort of bug his siblings for attention he always wanted to be playing or doing something and that kind of like annoyed them yeah um and so if he wasn't doing that he'd be in his room with a book okay as he got older though he did not present as a typical preteen his room was perfectly organized and tidy 
And Ooh. I want to specify that it's not just like the average pretty clean kids room. It was immaculate. Nothing was out of place. Everything had its spot and he had to make sure that everything was put away where it needed to be. It was like compulsive for him. Yeah. Like he could not handle it if things were not the way that they should be to him. We call it controlling what we can when things feel out of control. He <laughs> also showered up to five times a day. Okay. Saying he wanted to feel clean, which so is like... certainly some classic compulsive oh yeah. tendencies. All right. And he kept some journals. Okay. And in his journals, he would draw pictures. And those pictures were typically of girls. Okay. Okay. Now, these weren't beautiful portrait drawings of well, women yeah. or even like exaggerated like Barbie looking girls with like giant tits, fat asses and a bobblehead. Yeah. Like it wasn't like it wasn't. Yeah. I don't know, like pornographic in nature to that degree. But what he did like to draw were scared and trapped women. Oh, in like cage-like devices or like some kind of like crane-looking thing. At this point, I'm preferring the bimbo Barbie doll. I'd rather just see big tits. Yeah, if show me the big old biddies. I'd rather just that. See, yeah, just show me some biddies. You know. Yeah. But in this case, Oy not what happened. Danny. So then, in his early teen years, he was depressed. He kept to himself for the most part. He was back to always having his nose in a book, and this time he really could read. Hey. Um, but so That's far gross. so that he was hardly leaving the house. He would develop crushes on girls, but those crushes came in the form of obsessions. Yeah. So he wasn't maintaining healthy relationships. He was becoming infatuated with them, following them around. Fixated. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he found an abandoned house with a stockpile of like these violent porno mags. Oh. And that kept his attention for a while. Yeah, I bet it did. And then also around this time, Danny took up voyeurism, which, again, is not unlike Danny Rowling. Okay. He watched a girl about his age doing some homework, but also stuck around to watch her get undressed. So he's kind of like taking up those tendencies, too. And by his late teens and into college, um, the family had actually settled in Georgia. So they had moved around quite a bit. I mean, and not even just in the United States, like in Central yeah. America, and then sort of made their way back. So a lot of it was he wasn't getting to plant roots. He wasn't growing up with the same, you know, the same kids he knew his whole life. And there was a lot of change and he was not doing well with a lot of it. Well, and that's a lot of creating and breaking friendships. It's a lot of grief. It's a lot of, you know, at some point I can imagine you stop wanting to try because you know that every friend you make, you have to leave. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, kids need roots. Absolutely. And they settled in a part of Georgia, and I believe it was in Martinez. Okay. And Danny was all about excitement again. Okay. But this excitement came in the form of basically being an adrenaline junkie. All right. So he liked to climb trees as high as he could go because he knew if he fell, he could die. He hung out of a friend's car on the highway going over 70 miles an hour. He bought a motorcycle, and when he crashed it, he didn't miss a beat. He just bought a faster one. Oh, okay. Um, he even started getting into skydiving. He ended up just being all about excitement of yeah. risk. But still very compulsive in that he did to shower nearly constantly. Yeah. Would only take certain amount, certain number of steps on mm -hmm. certain like, tiles. Yeah, yeah, like wouldn't step on cracks, wouldn't like was just... 
it was methodical everything yeah. was just so and if it wasn't he couldn't handle it but then there was also the side of him that was like he needed to have something he couldn't like a little bit of risk he needed to have, yeah i say a little bit of risk hanging out of a car on the highways he needed chaos. a lot of risk but yeah. yeah so in college he was distracted pretty easily by all the pretty girls which i think i don't think that's atypical i think all of a sudden you've got all of these people that are your age yeah and you're kind of left to your own devices there's no parents around yeah that's gonna be yeah different for you a new experience um, but was not typical of him was that he would actually skip class to follow pretty girls around and like to if he saw one that he was like particularly into he would just like oh i guess i'm not going to science and like hmm. right on over to them so i don't weird. like that and i have to say <laughs> he's a handsome guy yeah. And he was at the time. Like, there wasn't any... Like, he's not this grotesque, weird-looking... And we'll talk more about him later, because um, we're going to meet Michelle. Okay. But just so you know, when Michelle meets him, he's this very average... Handsome. Yeah, early 20s guy. Okay. And she meets him because she worked at a restaurant, like a little pizza place. Oh, cute. And Danny was out to eat with a friend, and he started flirting with her. Ooh. And she was a little bit younger, and he was this, like, older college guy. And Oh, was she in high school? He was cute. No, she was, like, late teens. Okay. Um, But still, like, yeah. he was attractive, and he paid attention to her. And when he paid his bill, he left his phone number for her. Oh, shit. And Michelle had grown up in California, so she had grown up on the West Coast. And right. when she was 14, her parents moved to Georgia. And I want to include here that sources differ on whether her name was Michelle or Heather. And okay. the reason for, like, well, I can't say the reason for it. But what I noticed is the sources that called her Heather are from, like, the early 2000s. Interesting. Or, excuse me. Yeah. The ones that call her Heather are from early 2000s. The ones that call her Michelle are more recent. Interesting. And that, I think, is because a lot of those are taken from interviews that she gave. Ah, uh, okay. As Michelle Ward. Got it. So... I don't know if she legally changed her name and maybe she, her name was Heather at the time. And now it's Michelle. To free or herself from this entire situation, she's changed it. Or maybe this is just what she's gone by to give an interview, which she right. only ever, re I think, really gave one interview. Okay. And that's what's in the show, Evil Lives Here. Okay. Interesting. So, All right. So, yeah. Just important to note that if you do want to look into this case, I recommend it because it's an interesting case, but you'll see that interchangeable. Right. But we're going to call her Michelle because that's what, how I heard her refer to herself. And I'm going to respect that. Sounds good. So. Michelle. She had a feeling about Danny. Okay. A good feeling. A little like oh, warm and baby. bubbly feeling okay. toward him. And she built up the courage to give him a call. You know, because he left that cute little number for her. Yeah. And the rest was history and they lived happily ever after. Damn, I wish that's how this ended. And that was it. Yeah. So that's not it. So. Oh, hold on. Hold on. You just want to pretend? Do you want to live yeah, in I'm it? I'm just living in it for a second. Okay, the unicorn just shot a rainbow. We can continue. Okay. All right. <coughs> I knew that's what you were waiting for. Yep. Okay. So, uh, she knew in her heart she'd marry him. She just had this feeling. Okay. They dated for some time, and he proposed to her on Christmas Eve when she was 20, and he was 23. Oh, she was a little baby. So, this was in the early 1980s, and... Okay. Michelle remembers things being great between them in the beginning. She was young and naive and 
this slightly older guy who was cute and kind to her wanted to marry her and she literally did not have any doubts yeah she was like yep i am i'm down i'm game let's do it okay so michelle had left the job at the pizza place where she had been waitressing and she sort of changed hats if you will she changed career paths and she wanted to uh go into cosmetology okay so she started cosmetology school to start a career down that little avenue Mm -hmm. and her boss at the time at the salon that she was working at was a man uh and this made danny jealous oh so one time he showed up to her work unexpectedly and like demanded to know why michelle was working longer hours and Michelle tried to interject and say that, like, she was picking up overtime and basically, yeah. like, volunteered for it. Like, this isn't... Like, I want more work. Yeah. Yeah. But he was mad, like, you're spending a lot of time with him and he must be taking advantage of you and all of this. And so, basically, the two men start going at it and Danny punches her boss square in the face. And then from there, they just brawled. Oh. And she could not believe it because... She's like, okay, he might have had a bit of a jealous streak, but he was never violent. And then all of a sudden, the, her husband and her boss are throwing fists at each other. Yeah, that's going like, to be jarring. This is her boss at her first real job. And this is like her husband and her first real love. And they're like right. going at it. And she's like, what in the world? And she's what like 20. Like, what the fuck, fuck do I do? Yeah. So she was torn and upset. And ultimately, she got the two to stop fighting. She kind of broke it up, took Danny outside. And he was like, that's it. You don't need to work at a place that's taking advantage of you. I'll oh take my gosh. I'll take care of you. You don't need to work. So <sighs> she was like, okay. And as we know with abusive relationship, there's typically a dominant partner and in relationships where one is trying to maintain power of the other, you try to remove the other's power. And in this case, he didn't want her to work. She wouldn't have her own money. She wouldn't be exposed to other people. She would be submissive, submissive to him. It's calculated. Financial abuse is still abuse. We know how this works. Yes. And this wasn't the case for their entire marriage. I mean, she did have a job later but in this he kind of put a stop to that right there yeah so you know they're married and they're doing the dirty Ooh, doing the do okay um and she starts to learn a bit about her husband's kinks if you will and as abby likes to say uh we're not here to yuck anyone's yum yeah um but consent is mandatory correct otherwise you're um yums are yucks but this information is important to talk about because it adds context for later. Okay. So Danny was into like bondage pornography. He, ever since mm-hmm. he saw it when he was a kid in that abandoned house, he was like, ah, yes, I like this. Yeah. And being with him, Michelle knew that he would buy like porno mags or something like that right. or try to watch what he could. And so she knew that at least that was something that he enjoyed looking at. Maybe not something he wanted to do, but something that he enjoyed. Right. The fantasy about. of. Yeah. So then he kind of brings up to her that he wants to try some things. And Michelle, being young and naive and fairly inexperienced, just wanted to make her husband happy without really knowing all that that would entail. Oh, baby girl. So she agreed, but she was hesitant. Okay. And a little bit taken aback when she saw what he'd had set up. Uh Uh-oh. So mom and dad can, like, skip over this. Your parents... Um, if you know me personally, no, please. you don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you know me, you don't. Um, for this. <laughs> he essentially tied her to the bedposts in their Aww. bedroom and the way that she described it. And there's the, the interview of her talking about it. She's like, I wouldn't say that he had like done it before, but he, he wasn't 
jumble like i don't know fumbling it he knew what he was doing even if he wasn't experienced like even if he hadn't done it with someone else before it was as if he'd practiced i guess okay so she was a little bit like oh this doesn't look like it's his first time but she's like what the fuck is happening right um and afterwards she said that she felt like she had been taken advantage of she had felt cheap and gross and used and she said that they will never be doing that again she's like "I, i will not be doing that she cried. She was sort of like disturbed by all of it. And her husband did not seem to be phased at all. That makes me so sad. He wasn't romantic toward her. Um, it was just sort of like his need needed to be satisfied. And it was. That was Can it. I throw a little asterisk in here? Sure. If uh, anyone's yum does include anything that looks like that, I'm sure you already know this, but just for anybody who heard that and they were like... Safe word. Yeah. Safe word, 100%. Also, aftercare. If you're going to... Con- I'm going to say abuse lightly in a like consensual, this is a bondage, like that is the dynamic you have set up and Mm -hmm. agreed upon. If that is the case, you need to be making sure that the person that is getting the brunt of whatever it is Mm -hmm. that you're doing feels well taken care of afterwards because I can imagine there is nothing worse than having one person that you respect and love and care for do that to you and then nothing yeah and that's like all right cool thanks that's what she felt she was she's like i'll agree to it because you're my husband and i love you and and this is something that you wanted yeah like experiment with and i will do this for you i want you to be happy and we'll try it this wasn't on her to-do list right you know and then as it's sort of starting she's like wow he's like a little too good at that that that's a little weird and then afterwards she was like it was literally just to make him happy Mm -hmm. and then he was done with me and she's like i will not Aww. be doing that again i will not be made to feel like that like we're married no. i love you you did not act that like you a partnership loved me. yeah not a yeah so Ugh, that then makes me so sad okay he'd start leaving early in the morning yep say you know he worked he was a, a successful engineer he was doing well so i mean oh, he was he was doing well he's providing yep. for them um but again he'd leave early in the morning He'd return home, eat dinner, and then he'd leave again. Okay. He would tell her he was going out, but he wouldn't tell her where. He'd tell her it wasn't her business to ask, and he wouldn't tell her when to expect him back. Oh, nice. Even safety-wise, that irks me. Yep. Because if you don't know when to expect a loved one home... Yeah. Something could be wrong and you won't know it. Like, I do not need to know where my... (coughs) fiance fiance my fiance is all in fact like we don't have enough time in the day to keep each other updated but we know around about time when to expect the other one home yeah and we'll usually give a call or send a text on the way so if i'm like dead on the side of the road he will be the first one to notice that that is how that you know that should be and so she's like uh hello and a lot of, of this time she's not working so she's maintaining the home and she's taking care of things but she's like we just got married and i see you less than i ever have right like you're gone all the time where are you going right so that i just don't like so she'd like wait up for him to get home and then he'd get home and she'd want to spend time with him and he'd just go right to bed and then get up early yeah she'd get up and he'd be gone it'd be this whole thing and he wouldn't really tell her anything not for nothing and maybe this is me but if you're actually planning to get married to someone and like want to spend your life with them, don't you want them to know those things? Like, aren't you glad that they're interested in your life? Mm-hmm. And also, 
from a safety standpoint the other way like if i know when to expect you home and that door starts jiggling at a different hour yeah i'm gonna be concerned yeah. like i don't know they're I, married and he's just like eh, see you never don't don't ask me like don't <laughs> yeah. ask me any questions like i'm not asking you any questions and that was sort of it and Oy. so she's like okay Okay. And so she'd get these vague answers like, oh, I just went for a drive. Oh, I just did this. Oh, I just did whatever. And she knew that he was working. He wasn't lying about having a job right. or anything, but he didn't have a job that was going to require him to be out of the house All so hours frequently. The yeah, that it just didn't make sense. So then we fast forward to July of 1986. Okay. Michelle's 25. Okay. He's a few years older than that. And she finds out that she's pregnant. Okay. Mazel. Now, Daniel was not nearly as excited as she was. Oh, no. She told him that she was pregnant, and then he Mm. just began leaving the house more and more. No! And by Uh, March 12th, 1987, Michelle had given birth to their daughter, Allison. Oh. So, after Michelle had had their child, he had seemingly lost all interest in his wife sexually. So he made comments about the weight that she had put on during pregnancy. Oh, fuck I, him. Yep. Uh, he didn't really like want to be intimate with her. He was only interested in Michelle giving him oral sex and what kind of like would be pissed if it didn't last like almost an hour. Like he was like demanding and like this is what you need to do. This is how long that you need to do this for. Like, he was not really interested in, like, making, like, reciprocating. I'll put it that way. Because, and if you know me, you don't. Um, Once again. (laughs) But. What the fuck? He was being very sort of dictator-like about it. Like. Yeah. Not forceful, but, like, if this is what we're going to do, this is what you're going to do. Kind of thing. Yeah. So then, every time Danny got home, he would shower which she found to be odd. I mean, I think all along he'd been doing that, but she's like, every single time he comes home, yeah, he's he got to jump right shower. in the shower, which, as we know from his childhood, isn't odd. But for her, she's noticing that it is, and she's like, okay, he doesn't work a job where he's getting sweaty or dirty, so he must be cheating on me, is kind of okay. like where her mind is. Like, why do you need to shower before you even, like, hug me? Well, and with all of that going on, I do understand where her mind goes mm-hmm. there. Yeah, absolutely. So... His schedule didn't really change, per se, you know, now that they've got this newborn. um, He's away most of the time. He spent very little time with his wife and his new child. And the pressure of that started to get to Michelle. By this time, her parents had moved back home to California. So, remember, she grew up in California. Yeah. Uh, They had moved to Georgia. So, they've since gone back. And she's she's, alone. She's feeling the pressure of it all. And she's needing their support. And so, she'd flown out to spend some time with them. Okay. Um, he's okay with that. He, like, supports that. He wants her to go. And she just sort of figured that he's busy with work. Maybe that's why he was supported, supportive of her going out west to go visit them. Like, maybe it's because he's so busy, whatever. But she's like, whether you're here or not, like, we've got a newborn and I need help. Yeah. And I need family. Like, I I'm need alone. someone to I'm be alone. there. Yeah. So then we go to New Year's, New Year's Day, 1988. Okay. Danny was out on the road. Now, his wife's in California, and he's cruising South Carolina in his car. Okay. So, he would call in, like, the want ads in the Carolina Trader, which was a newspaper in South Carolina. Okay. 
Um, and he'd call for various things, like he'd be buying furniture, things, or say he was buying furniture and things like that. So he'd call the sellers of these items and want to see them before he bought them, you know, make okay. an arrangement. And I I don't disagree with that. I understand you're going to yeah. be buying a big ticket item. You want to see it before you buy it. But in this case, he was not planning on buying anything. Yikes. And instead, he is cruising for women. Okay. So he's creepy, he's obsessive, and by looking at these items to be sold, whether it's furniture or appliances or what have you, he's gaining access to these homes by being invited in. Right. And um, not every single woman that he saw was what he was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if he knew what he was looking for. I think he just knew he'd know it when he saw it. Yeah. Um, and in this case, he knew it when he saw Tammy Cranford. Okay. So she answered the door when he arrived to talk about purchasing something that she was selling from that newspaper ad. And he was immediately interested in her. Uh, He Uh asked to use the phone in her home and she said yes. And while her back was turned, uh, he just took the phone off the hook and forced Tammy to give him oral sex. Uh, He claims not to remember anything that happened. Oh, for sure. Almost like he was in a trance or like in a blackout. Like it was like some compulsive. It just needed to happen and then it was done and he left. And that was it. And he's like in his late 20s at this time. He's got this like new baby and wife who's across the country in a different time zone because you're neglecting her. But this is what you're doing. Assaulting people. Cute. So after this, he carried on at home as he had been doing. He's distant. He's acting strange. He's an ass basically you know he's still like not answering questions where have you been whatever and this is just what we can piece together the timeline of all of this can be sort of like tricky to piece together but as soon as this weird behavior starting this is what he's starting to do okay and there are several attacks throughout all of what we're going to talk about i'm going to talk about the confirmed ones but there's a lot of ones that have been attributed to him okay so He's still being the piece of shit that he's been. Aww. We're not, you know, surprised by that. Hate you. And he's not spending time with his new baby or his wife. Like I don't she's know. feeling and that's what gets me. That like, irks me so much. She was she was young and naive when she met him. She's a twenty five year old, probably twenty six, twenty seven now, with like a one or two year old. Yeah. Who's like thinking that this is normal because she's got nothing else to compare it to. And she's alone because the only person that she was really tight with, tight with, neglects her all day long and her parents left. So I tried, again, like I'm trying to piece this together in like the the timeline that makes the most sense because I couldn't find any sources that truthfully lay this out right. up to date. Like, let, let me put it this way. No sources that found, that I found that called her Michelle. Mm-hmm. It was all Heather. Like it was all older, a little bit dated that didn't really have her input in it. And I'm trying to piece it in where I think it Got fits it. in the the greater timeline okay that makes so some of these might be slightly out of order but know that they all did happen and they all did happen around the same time okay so michelle returns home from california to georgia makes sense uh to be informed that they were moving oh and he told her funny when you're informed about those big uh life choices of yours yeah oh yeah told her it was for her to give her a nice home to live in um and she hadn't asked to move so it was a surprise but she said that they'd moved around 
like five times in the first six years that they were married so it was like okay all right just another so yeah it wasn't super odd for them to do that um but in this new house there was a room that was like a third it was it, it was called like the third bedroom mm-hmm. i would call it more of like an office space for him like it was like his space like or a man cave i guess if you will yeah um that was for him and him only Oh. So no one else was allowed in there. Uh, he had, like, I think a work desk, a computer, um, not much else that Michelle knew of. And I mean, like, not only, like, did she not go in there, she didn't know really what was in there. I mean, she did, but she didn't. Here's my thing. I'm just going to throw this asterisk in there. Mm-hmm. I want it recorded and sure. put out there. Um, I will never be living in a home where I'm not allowed in a room. Yep. Will I give you space and respect that if you'd like to be alone? Absolutely. But if it's my home, I will know what's in that room. I have such an issue with authority that if you tell me I can't do something, that's that's yeah. the thing I'm going to want to do. So if you tell me I can't go somewhere, that's where I'm going to want to spend the most time. Exactly. And also, if I'm living there and I am also considered accountable for all of the things in that home, I, I will absolutely fucking know what's there. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go in there. You can have all the alone time you want. Totally fine with that. But I will know what's in there. Thank yep. you. So then... That's terrifying. Within this fucking terrifying room, mm-hmm. there was a closet. Yeah. And in the closet, it was like an absolute no-go. So, like, maybe you could step foot in the room, like, if he was there. But the closet was like a hard no. Like, capital N-O. Absolutely not. Oh, I would not do well. I would be there so fast. <laughs> it was just a rule. It was just a rule. So... The next attack that we know of happened in June of 1988. Okay. So we were at New Year's last time. Right. Six months, 1988. He's back on the prowl. Got like I guess a toddler you could say. now. Yeah. And he's looking for his next victim. And this is when he finds Tiffany Hart. Okay. Tiffany was also selling an item that he had feigned interest in. He got access to her home. And like with Tammy, he sexually assaulted her. Okay. On June 24th, 1988, so just after he attacked Tiffany, he contacted Susanna Hansen because she was selling a refrigerator in that ad. You know, all these are like newspaper shit. So he goes to her home. He kidnapped her from her home. Oh, and he brought her to his home while his wife was away. Oh, no, no, no. So she's in Georgia again. Okay. Or excuse me, he, she's in California again. Okay. And this gave him the opportunity to pee out on the prowl. Bring a lady home. And he brought her there, assaulted her, as he had done to the others. Okay. Now but This is the first one that he's moved, right? Yep. Okay. So, again, the order of the events is difficult to trace, Um but all of these attacks happened when Michelle was in California. So you could look, you could like literally look at her like flights yeah, and, and you know, up. within those weeks, those are when the attacks happened. So during this time, she was kind of caught off guard because Danny would normally call her to like check in on her and the baby. And for mm-hmm. this particular trip, he didn't. Okay. So she's like, that's so odd. Yeah. Like, why didn't he call? So when she returned home, she found something kind of weird. All of the photos of Michelle and their daughter had Take been down. 
turned upside down, like like face down yeah like on any shelf or bookcase they were on or whatever it was well you can't have a bachelor pad with your wife and toddler dragging you down and he had some excuse for why it was like that and she believed it <sighs> baby so then a couple months later he assaulted a 12 year old girl what after she wouldn't let him in the house so he tried to get in the house like all dressed all spit you know all spiffy and she's like mm, no so he ends up grabbing her and bringing her to a, his car and assaults her. And then, like, she cries and he lets her go and that's it. What the fuck? Yep. Oh, I hate him. So then Christmas time of this year comes around. And Danny had expected that Michelle and Allison would be home to celebrate the holidays. Yeah. Uh, and Michelle had other plans because she's like, oh, what the fuck? You're never here. Yeah. So I made plans to go to my parents' house in California for the holidays because, like, you Someone don't give a shit. Someone actually wants to be around me, yeah. Because you don't care. And he's bullshit because he expected her to be home and she wasn't going to be. What the what, fuck? Okay. And yeah. then this was, like, going to be for several weeks. Like, when she went to California, it wasn't ever just for a few days. It was several weeks at a time. But right. he was always supportive, like, go, do what you need to do, whatever. Like, I'm busy. Go ahead. Yeah. And, of course, we kn- like we know... All what these assaults are doing. happening while yeah. they're away. So, after Michelle and their baby, I say baby, she's like a toddler now. Right. But after they're in California, he sets out once more. And a girl named Jean Taylor McCree had helped arrange for a meeting for Danny and her parents about buying, again, some piece of furniture. I want to say maybe it was a couch or something. And so they'd spoken over the phone for a little bit and made arrangements for him to go to their home. And this was in like Columbia, South Carolina, I think it was. Okay. Um, So a bit of a drive. Yeah. He just wanted to go take a look at it. And so her parents. Yeah. Well, yes. And her parents weren't home at the time, but they were okay with their, you know, 15 year old sort of making arrangements for them and everything. God. So her parents get home later on in the evening and they see a note from Jeannie saying that she was going out and she'd come back in a few days. So Yeah, because 15-year-olds do that all the time. So their 15-year-old daughter had willingly gone with a 29-year-old man, hmm. got in his car, not forced, okay. got in his car and was like, okay, we'll just have a fun weekend. What the fuck? She packed a couple of things in a bag and he ended up like pulling a gun on her and was like, pack. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'm packing. Like she wasn't really phased by that. It wasn't like I would have been terrified. She was not either. She was an excellent actress and like was like looking for a way out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Also, even if she wasn't just like the confidence of a 15 year old is unmatched. I mean, the 15, 15 and 16-year-olds we talked about last episode were absolutely yeah. ruthless. They're like, yeah, and? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, okay, what about she's it? Like, like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm packing. fucking packing. What do you yeah, see? Seriously. Look with your eyes. So she hopped in his car with him and was like, okay, I guess we're going to like be oh hanging. Terrifying. And she gets brought back to his home in Martinez, Georgia. And they get to the house and... She was kept in that closet in that room that... I hate that. Yep. That no one else was allowed in. Yes. The idea of being... Okay. 
maybe it's because I'm queer, but the idea of being <laughs> kept in a closet. You're like, I will be out of the I closet. Like, I will bitch. be outing myself. Thank I you. will be out of here. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. Yikes. Uh, and was it a big closet? Not very. No. Um, equipped like with like chains and things. Oh, to comfy, keep her homie. put. Oh, so poor baby. He was he would chain her leg to the inside of the closet, but eventually, like, would unlock it and let her out for a little bit, and then sort of like basically put her back away. Um, when he let her out, they would eat food together. They would hang out. She kind of started to like flirt with him a bit, or at least that's what he says. And again, I think that she very well may have been trying to get in his good graces. Oh, absolutely. And just not get fucking killed. But he seems to believe that they were forming some kind of relationship. And he even began to, like, trust her a bit to, like, leave her unlocked longer. Yes. And so he even told her that if he can get some ransom money for her disappearance, that he'd split it with her. So they're just kind of, like, hanging out. They're watching movies together. They're playing card games, like... Okay. They're treating it like a little mini relationship. Weird. So. She, I mean, I get it, but weird. She willingly has sex with him. Okay. Um, But asked that he put the video camera away after he had basically like set up a tripod. Okay. Like he was like, okay, like we're going to do this. And he starts getting the camera out and she's like, could you not? And he's yeah. like, okay. Like, okay. So then eventually he just stopped chaining her up altogether oh shit and she's like i'm not going anywhere and she did not try to run away like she okay. just stayed with him like like a little yeah girlfriend basically he bought her a christmas gift he kind i believe some jewelry some clothes things wow. like that then she suggested that they get out of the house they go have a night on the town they let loose a little bit okay queen. okay some fucking how he agreed and he took this child, this 15-year-old child, away on a little trip on, okay. like, this little island. And they spent New Year's Eve together. And this has been weeks. Like, she's been away from yeah. home missing weeks. While they're on this little, like, vacation, this little mini vacation, she did not try to run away. She didn't try to signal for help. She didn't try to, like, tell anybody. She didn't do anything. They just had, like, a little getaway and enjoyed hmm. it. They just enjoyed their time together, basically. So they return from their getaway. And yeah. I don't know if Danny just sort of like the reality of everything hit him. And he's like, Michelle's going to be home soon. Like, you got to get out of here. Whatever's going to yeah. happen. So Jeannie gets in the shower to take a shower. Mm. While she's in the shower, he shoots her. What? Kills her. Dumps her body near a stream. That fucking escalated. Because she had told him that she liked being near water. So he thought, okay, I'll do right by her and I'll leave her I'll by water. I'll let her die in water and then I'll leave her by water. I'll leave I'll her by water. Kind. Shortly after that, after he had cleaned up literally every bit of evidence that there was that uh, Jeannie had even been in the home, Michelle returns home with their baby. Wow. And they're back to being a little family. That makes me so angry. So then their daughter, who's probably four or five now, right. who'd like, I don't care. She could be 18 and she's still going to be their baby. Yeah. But like she's four or five. So because she's not like a little, little tyke their anymore. Daughter, yeah. She, yeah. She's growing up and like she's having like thoughts kid. and opinions and stuff. And 
well, she probably developing a face and like well, her own voice. Yeah, and she like wanted to get something out of her dad's closet because she wanted to grab it for Aww. him. And he catches her and he like scolds her and yells at her. And Michelle is like, what the hell are you yelling at a four-year-old for? She wanted to help you. And he like freaked the fuck out and yelled at her. And it just seemed to be such an overreaction for like probably looking for a toy, mm-hmm. you know. And then he started drinking a lot, which was not something that he used to do. He was home more than he'd ever been, which was so odd because he was always out of the house. Now he's like always in the house. Okay. Lounging on the couch. He's sleeping and drinking and Michelle would try to talk to him and he would just literally not respond like distracted, like in a, like not ignoring her per se, like. Like dissociated almost. Yeah. Not intentionally trying to like give her a look, you know, and just not respond to her. He's just like out of it. Like he is on another planet. Yeah. Yeah. And she had no idea what was going on in his head. And she's like, I just want to understand. And he's just like blankly staring back at her. What the fuck? So then Michelle notices that there's a lock on the outside of his office door now that hadn't been there before. Huh. She still has never seen the inside of the closet. She barely sees what's really going on in the room. Mm -hmm. And after she asked why, he told her it was to make sure that their daughter didn't end up in there again. He's like, she already went in the room before when she wasn't supposed to and tried getting into the closet, so I'm just going to lock the whole room. Yeah, and then you freaked out at her. I'm pretty sure she's not going to do that again, dick. Like, So then a few days after that, uh, Michelle and Danny go out to dinner. And they didn't really go out to dinner much often, the two of them. I think they had a babysitter. Yeah. So they actually got to have like a date night, which wow. was really rare and special, I'm sure, for Michelle. And he tells Michelle that he feels like he's going crazy. Okay. And if he did, would she come and see him? Odd. Like, in a ward? Okay. And I heard Michelle describe this interaction in that episode of that show. And again, everything's linked. Um, And what I don't know if, yeah, if she's asking if he'd visit, or if she would visit him in a hospital or maybe even, like, in prison. Right. You know, like, if if I'm going crazy, will you still be there for me? Right. You know? Or if he's asking, like, if she'd stay with him and go crazy, too, right? Like, if I'm going right. crazy, you come in, like, you know? You on this crazy ride? Yeah, you me? on this yeah. crazy train? Who knows? Um, But either way, she described it as coming out of, like, completely left field, completely caught her off guard, and she just wanted to put him at ease and... Did right. her best to just offer support and reassure him that she loves him. She's there for him. Of course she will be. And then at the same dinner, he tells her that he feels that she needs to go visit her family in California again. And she's like, I was just there. Like, I just got back from a trip. I, Why should I go back right now? And also, why are you paying for me to fly back and forth if you just want me to go back? And he he said, I, just, I, I need some space and yeah i need some time and that he'll buy her ticket he'll get it all squared away and within a couple of days that was it she was on the plane she was going again she's like okay i guess i'm coming back like hope it's okay with you i'm gonna stay with you like to her parents what the hell so then we get to february 6th 1989 okay the parents of 17 year old chrissy blake realize that their daughter is missing she had been in contact with a man about buying a waterbed and had plans to meet him. Of course, this man was Danny. He forced her to get into his car at gunpoint and, like with Jeannie, brings her home, chains her up in the closet in his office space. He assaulted her several times and, with the video camera, 
videotaped several of these assaults. Okay. Now, as I mentioned before, Danny had taken up drinking heavily and he had not slowed down with Chrissy's kidnapping. He ended up actually passing out and she realized that it was probably her only chance to escape. Yeah. So five days after she was kidnapped on February 11th, she got out. Yes, queen. She ran as fast as she could to a neighbor's house and she called 911. Good. So she was finally free. Oh, imagine being that neighbor. Yeah, having no idea what horrors were going on next door. So it was at that time that another 17-year-old named Sherry Don Teets reported that she was also kidnapped and sexually assaulted by Danny. So now more people are just sort of starting to come out. There's multiple young girls being like, what the hell? Um, Like maybe never really knowing his name because he used a lot of aliases when he'd call, you know, inquiring about something like, oh, John Doe really wants to see, you know, the the couch you have for sale or the fridge you're selling, please bend over but that's what he would go by right so as this is sort of like kind of making the news and like it's confirmed i mean the girl literally ran next door said i was just in there he kept me chained in a closet he videotaped it it was awful this is the only way i could escape so by the time all of this happened danny was in the wind okay they didn't know where he was like he had been spooked yeah and took off And they're just talking with Chrissy. The police are. They're investigating. They're like, can you walk us through what happened? Start from the beginning. Right. What's going on? And they were actually able to confirm that everything that she said was true. Damn. Good for them. So she described, you know, being brought to his home, the layout of the home, the chain in the closet, the dirty mattress on the floor, the tripod, the video camera, the tapes that he made, all of it. Okay. So they literally went in and they found all of that stuff and found the VHS, the VHS tape that he made of the attacks and like confirmed, like watched the footage and could see okay. she was entirely telling the truth. So now they have no idea where he is. Okay. So once Michelle made it to her parents' house, right? So this is all happening at the same time. She's like getting off the plane, you know, all of this, like she's just left. He's had this girl for a few days and she escaped and he ran right so now she's getting a call from daniel's mother okay okay jerry mother-in-law yep and she was told by jerry uh yeah well he's wanted for kidnapping and he's missing and they don't believe this is the first time he's done this (laughs) and there are several young women around the same age in the same area that are all coming forward, basically saying, like, uh, by a yeah, guy who too. matches yeah. this description. Like, this is the guy. This is him. So, by now, there's a nationwide search for Richard Daniel Starrett. Okay. He was wanted for kidnapping and sexual criminal conduct and was considered armed and dangerous. All right. I cannot imagine what it must have been like to be michelle i also was literally just thinking about what it must have been like to be jerry and to have to make that phone call and be like fucking a all right yeah um, to call your daughter-in-law and the mother of your grandchild i have this information now about my son your husband this sucks like (laughs) sorry to ruin your day that they don't think that not only do they not think that they're wrong, like they don't want to question him, like they're certain it's him. Yeah. This happened in your home and they don't think that this girl's the only one. 
Yeah. And for Michelle, oh. her entire world's imploded. Right. She's confused. She cannot make sense of it. There is no way that she can concentrate on anything else. She can't reach him. In fact, nobody can. She's got no idea where he ran off to, but the fact that he did run is not a good sign. Right. And now she's replaying all of the really odd behavior mm-hmm. over the years. And like, well, was he always just an odd guy? I mean, he was never perfect in like this super... Right. I don't I mean, know. No one's perfect. No. But like, yeah. But like some of the sexual deviance and then just sort of wanting to spend a lot of time just not with her. Was mm-hmm. he looking for other people? Was he just trying to stay out of the house? What was going on? Demand. Not not maybe not demanding, but like highly encouraging her to like go spend weeks and weeks and weeks away. Right. Bringing their child so that he's got the house to himself. Yeah. Not even really calling to check in often. Like he's preoccupied with something. But what is it? Right. You know, she's. I want to give her a hug. She's completely like racking her brain. Everything's imploding on her, and then there's a knock at the door. Oh God! Okay. So she answers it, and she's greeted by FBI agents. Oh. Who had many a question? I'm sure they did for Michelle. Oh yeah. So they searched the home for Daniel, thinking that he was there at her parents' home. So they like you know, I mean, of course they're doing their due diligence. They don't know if she's hiding him. And she's like, by all means, come on in. Like, I've got no idea what's going on. He's not here. If you can find him, that'd be great, though. Because I have a few things I'd like to talk to him about. And they start asking questions that were very personal. Oh, God. Many of them being about their sexual intimacy. Yeah. What's he into? What did he talk about wanting to do? Right. What did that seem like? Did you ever... Were you ever really intimate anymore? What did that look like, really? And she's like what the hell what happened why are you asking me these things this is incredibly personal you're asking me this in my parents home right like with my child in the other room she wasn't allowed to talk to her mom or her dad like they separated everyone in the family right into different rooms all got asked a ton of questions and she's not being asked questions that like her closest friends probably did not know the answers to these questions right, right. Put it that way those are very personal things that she probably never intended on sharing with anybody right And she's still, like, yeah, she got the heads-up call from her mother-in-law, but she's like, can you tell me what's going on? Like, I need to hear it from you. Why are you asking me these things? Right. And she's told that a 15-year-old girl may have been kidnapped by her husband. Okay. And that she said that she was locked in a closet, assaulted, and videotaped. And then when Daniel was drunk and passed out, she was able to escape. Right. And she's telling the agent that there's no way he would do that. There's no way that he could do that. And you must have the wrong person. And in the interviews with Michelle, you can see in her eyes that it's like she recalls being told Mm -hmm. all of this. And she recalls being told that there were four others who were raped and one that was murdered. And now she's like, one's dead. Like, Mm -hmm. it went from he kidnapped some people and she's like i don't think so and then it's like oh no this was the sick depraved like sexual shit that he was into and she's like okay that sounds familiar and then they're like and one's dead and she's like oh fuck yeah and the dates all line up with when she was away oh michelle so she comes home and of course her house has been searched and everything but she finds everything she finds the tripod she finds the dirty mattress on the floor she finds the rope and chains in the closet that she'd never even seen the inside of and she loses it 
it yeah. just completely confirmed for her that all of these horrific things they said her husband did, he really did. Well, and it also has to be like this. You know, imagining it from the standpoint of someone who has stood by you and has been your, like, cheerleader and wife and someone who cares for you and wants to take care of you and, like, make sure that your life is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and believing in that reciprocity, if nothing else, because it makes what you're doing make sense. Mm-hmm. I can imagine feeling like, okay, he said he was going to go crazy, but maybe that's just him disappearing for a while and Mm -hmm. he's mixed up because he left at the wrong time. And then going home and having that confirmed that like the deepest root of that fear is true and real and the threat is literally coming from inside your home. Yeah, no, like the call came from inside the house. The next side of the bed. Like terrifying. In the room in your house that you weren't allowed in finding out the horrors that happened. And, like, no shit, you weren't allowed there? Like, yeah. oh, now I get it. And that's why he was so pissed that, like, there, his little daughter looking for a toy could have, like, you know, blown the lid off his big yeah, secret. his cover. So. What a fix suck. A fix suck indeed. Yeah. So Danny was actually found. Good. After a few days. They found his car in, like, this back parking lot of some business Okay. Uh, behind a dumpster. Mm. And they actually found him sleeping. But he had a gun in his lap. Oh. And so he had actually planned to kill himself, I'm sure, like, maybe when he woke up. But he was found before then. Okay. So they show up and he didn't have the chance to do that. But, I mean, he admitted that he that's what he intended to do and he was 29 years old wow like this is all happening in their 20s that's so fast right i mean come on shit yeah so during their investigation of you know this entire case and all of this Mm -hmm. they find a receipt that led them to a secret storage locker that he rented oh that michelle knew nothing about (laughs) i bet she didn't and this storage locker was, like, not even a mile from their home. Yeah. Maybe that's where he was spending a lot of the time when he was away. But this locker was filled with hundreds of porno magazines. Yep. Bondage, S&M, all kinds of stuff. There was material on murdering people. Mm. Uh, Light reading. How to make, like, thorough disguises. The best way to disguise yourself, how to get away with it, all of that. It's literally the the guy who Googled how to get rid of a dead uh-huh. body if you really need to. I love the if you really need yeah. to. It's like I don't I don't want just like your bare bones. I mean like, like this if is I serious. Had to. This is serious. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to. Like I really need to get rid of a dead body. Like for real. Ugh. Wouldn't lie to you. Yeah, him and Daniel would be friends. So, in an article from AP News, they wrote, quote, when police earlier, and again, this is old, but when police earlier this month searched Starrett's rented storage unit a mile from his house, they found 935 pornographic books and magazines depicting sexual bondage, horror scenes, and nudity. Okay. They also found criminology textbooks and books about serial killer Ted Bundy who preyed on young, attractive women. Oh, so he was also into Ted Bundy. He was a Bundy stan. Yeah. And 
Ted knees of steel Bundy. He tried to get inspiration maybe from that in assaulting young girls, attractive girls (sighs) and being charismatic initially, like having a disguise or having a ruse to gain access. You know, I'm looking at this furniture you're selling. Could I, I mean, he probably called so many houses for, you know, different things that they were selling and a man answered and he was like, Nope, not them, not them, not them. And then he'd hear a voice or he'd, you know, could tell that they were younger and he's like, okay, that's the one I'll move forward with that one. And, book a time all right i want to see it before i buy it yes yeah. and oh your parents aren't home that's totally fine or you know oh you live alone okay it's, you're in a single apartment okay you know could yeah. use some context clues to yeah determine if they were going to be quote-unquote eligible yeah the right yeah. kind of victim for him basically so he was Aww. like a ted bundy wannabe he was literally like phone ordering victims mm-hmm. that makes me so sad and they invited him in because, you know, yeah. they're like, yeah, come in, come look at it and, you know, take it and pay I want to do right by you. And that's what happened. What the fuck? So the Columbia County Sheriff, Otis Hensley, was quoted as saying he was to his neighbors a quiet, reserved, working businessman, a family man. And there were no suspicions by any fellow employees, not even suspicion by his family. Not a single person that he knew was like, ah, oh, yes, that was him. He did that. Yeah. He was an odd duck, and his wife probably knew the most of the, some like just the, the weird. weird behavior, but he never explicitly said anything to her. He didn't say anything right. to her. He didn't share his thoughts. He just wasn't there. Right. Probably out grabbing, you know, all these porno mags that he wanted, like accruing these like books and things, staying there, reading them. None of those things entered his home. That was a separate life for him. Right. He would leave the home and that's where he'd go. Wow. Fucked. Totally. What in the full on fuck? So then the sheriff also went on to say, this was just one of those situations where law enforcement did not have the clairvoyance to know something that even his own family members were not aware of. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, and that's fair. Because a lot of people are like, how did you not catch him? It's like, how could you? If his own wife was surprised, how the fuck do you think that a stranger in a police department is going to know it? Like, there's it's not cell phones. This is, you know, the late 80s. He's yeah. this young, attractive guy. He's a like, successful worker you know it's he worked full-time he kept a roof over the family's head they bought a home he had a beautiful baby girl happy wife happy life you know that's yeah and that just it couldn't have been further from the truth of what was really going on but you wouldn't know that just by looking at them nope so michelle went to visit him while he's incarcerated and i believe this was before he was like sentenced but he's being held i mean there was quite literally no doubt about it um she had to hear the words from him. She had to hear him say that he did it. Okay. Because um, for her, that. it wouldn't be real any other way. She's like, no, no, no. I, I need to hear it from you. You need to tell me. Yeah. And when she got there, he fucking refused to talk to her about it. Are you kidding? He told her that he was protecting her and he wasn't going to tell her anything because he didn't want her to know. And she remembers the last thing he said to her was, the man from Augusta is no more. And I know who I am now. What the fuck? Yep. So she filed for divorce Good. after nine years of marriage. Wow. And she raised her daughter on her own. Richard Daniel Starrett admitted to all of it. 
Yeah. And he was found guilty of all of the kidnappings and assaults and for the murder of Jean Taylor McCree. Oh, Jeannie. He is currently serving nine life sentences at the Perry Corrections Department in Greenville County, South Carolina. Damn. And that is the life and crimes of Richard Daniel Starrett. Well, I hope he has the worst time. Loki hopes he gets hepsy. Um, it's pretty easy, though, when you're incarcerated. Um, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to stop thinking about that one for a while. I know. His poor wife. I know. What is it with all these Dannys? Danny Rowling, Danny LaPlante, Danny Starrett. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm I'm canceling the name Danny for a little bit. If you have it, that's fine. But like I'm for I'm just putting like a pause. We're not giving anyone else the name Danny for a while, okay? Thanks. I don't think I can cover another case by Danny for just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna need um a Danny reprieve. If I'm you gonna will. need yeah, I'm gonna need a little bit of a break there. Also, ugh, it felt ugh. Um, but as a baby, right? Let's recall to the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Sick baby. Yeah. Abused child. Yeah. Moved around a lot. Head injury. Head injury. Untreated. Yeah. A notable nervous system issue there that really couldn't be like pinpointed to what it was that was affecting him, but... He his gate was off. He spoke with a stutter. He had struggles to read initially. There were a lot of different things going on with him that like weren't ever addressed. Yeah. And they're determining that there's probably likely some kind of like issue there. Oh yeah. And then that was the end of it. See, my thought process is that he must have had some something disconnect or go wrong when he had that brain injury and Personally, I mean, it kind of makes sense to me, the whole, whatever that syndrome is where his toes would go back. The mm-hmm. Babinski reflex. Babinski, if you will. Um, that makes sense to me. I don't know. When I think about kids walking, I always think it's kind of cute because their feet always remind me like of little club feet. And they're like, I'm like, how are you balancing on that? And they're like walking somehow. Um, yeah. And so it kind of makes sense to me that toes might go up to sort of like round that out and give them more surface area to walk on and then as you get older obviously your feet sort of form more and you get more of those muscles and like tendons and bone structure i literally hate human feet like feet on any other animal are adorable i love my cats toe beans toe beans like yeah love it all and but baby's feet baby feet absolutely adorable but you know what I mean. They're and just they're like useless. little squishy circles. They're useless. They're like, so especially cute. when they can't walk on it. It's like, oh, come on. And the teeny little toes. And the little boots. <sighs> what do you need little boots for? You're not you're, going anywhere. You're not walking. <laughs> but little boots. Babe, you're going to be held. Anyway, um, it makes sense to me that something Yeah, and for whatever reason. Didn't go well. That, that could be traced back to there being something atypical going on in the brain. Right. And I, I was going to say, too, like, if you think about all of that, combined with learning challenges, combined with behavioral problems as a kid, combined with all of the moving, I can't imagine he ever really had a deep friendship or relationship with anyone that wasn't a parent or his wife that he wasn't talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and mom and dad buy but my personal theory for a lot of people with their kinks is like you want to be what you're not in real life so it makes sense to me that he's trying to take that control that he's trying to like force people to do things because in my brain he has always been the one forced into the corner like Mm -hmm. I feel like that's how he would feel if that makes sense. Yeah. He feels like the victim and now, he, you know, what well, I mean, and right. There's a thousand different ways that it could be perceived. And it's not even like he knows that. Right. No, I'm sure that's all happening subconsciously. I don't think anybody's like, yeah, this is what I feel. So this is my kink now. Right. Um, that'd be funny though. That'd be hysterical. <laughs> Honestly. Um, I'm, I'm pro people introspecting to be able to talk about their own shit. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I understand it. I'm not, shocked to hear that that's how he was like raised and brought up and Mm -hmm. anything like that but it is just so I don't know it's fucking frustrating once you're an adult it's in your hands like you can be whatever the fuck you want to be and he had a loving wife that I think was just young yeah naive and then when they had the baby she's like okay and she just went to visit her family a lot because it seemed like they were pretty isolated out there and he yeah. was supportive of it. And she's like, geez, I just want to be with people, people. He's out of the house all the time. He's showering constantly. And she's like, okay, is he cheating? He's yeah. not telling her where he's going. Not what telling her when to expect him home, like expects dinner on the table when he gets home, eats it. And then he like dines and dashes again. Yeah. Well, and it's, um, that's lonely. It's gotta be so lonely. And I'm not a new parent, but I've sp- I know a few, you know, mm-hmm. I've known a few as they were new parents and yeah, you need some fucking adult time after so much baby time. You really do. Absolutely. And it takes a village and she was doing yeah. it on her own and he wasn't, I mean, I didn't get the sense that he was like this neglectful parent that like he would have let his child sit in a soiled diaper for hours or anything, but he just didn't seem capable of being a dad. You know, well, he wasn't even capable of being a husband. And frankly, a husband doesn't have to, like, support an entire well-being in everything that they do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't have to bathe your partner. You don't have to feed them and change their diaper. Like, that's just straight up being there for someone. Oh, I hate him. I mean, I'm glad that he admitted to everything. He wasn't like trying to be skeezy and get out of it. But I'm like, what the fuck? But he took a 15 year old from her home. 12 year olds. Mm -hmm. I just feel like the second you have a kid. No. And the only reason. Change your fucking perspective. The only reason I think that any of this was found out was because Chrissy ran away. She got away and she could tell this is what happened. This is where I was. You know, it's different. I think if he were to go into your home and assault somebody. Right. Then you can describe the assault and you can describe him and what he looks like. But you can't say geographically, you know, where he came from, what the room looked like, anything like that. He went into your space. When he brings someone into his space and then he lets them have a little bit of free range. Round. Yeah. Yeah. That's when that's different. And. He literally dated yeah. Jeannie for like a few weeks, went on a little getaway with her. His wife had no idea. All he all she knows is he's not calling her to check on her. What the and fuck? And she's like, that's kind of weird. Oh. And then he gets her home after things had gone excellently. And he's probably thinking, well, I know I, she's going to she's going to tell somebody. 
She's not like trying to get away. She's seen everything. She knows where I live. We've watched movies together. We've played games together. She knows my home. She's gotten to look at photos. She's gotten to look at everything, see everything. I can't just let her live. And he didn't. And he killed a 15-year-old that he plucked from her home for no reason. Oh, I'm so mad. Me too. Me too. I am so glad that he's rotting. I hope that he does not get any porn in prison. I hope that um, he's not allowed around any ropes or belts or shoelaces. I hope he doesn't even get a piece of paper so we can't even like draw, draw. like big old biddies. I hope that he gets... Um, <laughs> I hope he gets, like, a few different versions of, like, religious texts, you know? Um, maybe, like, a Bible here, a Quran there, like a, I don't know, just anything to be like, hey, people use these for morals. Try. I just hope he gets nothing. I just hope he has absolutely nothing. Like, you don't get books. You don't get anything. You just get to sit. Um, I wouldn't, again, wouldn't mind if he got hep C. Um, wouldn't mind if he developed an allergy to his favorite food. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be okay if that gait issue continued and he like needed a hip replacement, maybe a knee replacement, made him kind of immobile for a while. Maybe both. Yeah. Um, and I hope that Michelle has the fucking world and I hope that she actually gets a partner that is a partner and cares and loves for her so deeply because you, she fucking deserves you it. You could see it in her face. I mean, she's, uh, she was obviously not 25 in this interview, you know? Yeah. But you, it's like it just brought it right back. She's like, yeah, this was... That was like, my I life. Loved, I loved him. And I had to find out all of the evil things that he did in our home. And I can't imagine what it was like to just know that the time... The, the sacred time she spent with her family. What yeah. he did with that time. And who he hurt. The betrayal trauma of that has to be so big. It's bad. It's Dude. all bad. We love therapy here. We're big, we're big therapy fans. Sorry, my foot just fell asleep, so I put it up. And um, I'm just staring. And it's dreaming. It. I have socks on. It's not gross. Well, they're your socks. They are my socks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you guys. Well, that was that was a doozy. That was so hard. I'm gonna awful. Let you guys just like breathe a bit. Hate Go us. watch all those shows that we talked about in the beginning. Oh wait, ready? Take a deep breath and picture it in your brain. Unicorn. Ooh, yeah, that shot was a rainbow. You are something else, Abby. <laughs> I'm on a I'm on a different level today. This man, this man, I know. He really took the bar and put it right back in the sewer. He said, "We're just gonna drop that right down again." We said, Fucking "Damn it, a. damn it, Danny, damn it, Danny, damn Daniel, damn Daniel, put that shit away. <laughs> Leave those girls alone." Well. Ugh. If you, you want to see this Daniel, mm-hmm. this Michelle, everything that we've talked about. People, places, things. If you want to see pod pets and <gasps> memes that we've made yeah. and little built-in reprieves and our highlights and maybe some resources and all that fun stuff, you could check out our Instagram. But Abby, where would you go for our Instagram? So that's like a really great question. Thank you. I would open the Instagram app and or the internet and search up Instagram and t- like click on whatever the fuck comes up. Uh-huh. Then you got to make sure... That you have a little search bar and mm-hmm. you can type in about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. So that's 
A-B-O-U-T, period, T-I-M-E, period, F-O-R, period, T-R-U-E, period, C-R-I-M-E, period, P-O-D, because podcast was too long. Thanks, Instagram. Mm -hmm. And if you were to click on that and give us a follow, if you were to look us up on Spotify or Apple and give us a little rate and review, that would be super helpful. We'd love it. But if you wanted to send us something a little bit longer, send us your pod pets and their cute little nicknames or case requests or cases that you have some sort of information on that you'd like to hear our take on, please, please, please feel free to send us an email or just email us and say hi. But Allie, where would they send that? So if you wanted to do that, you would email us at about time, the number four, tc at gmail.com. So that's A-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E, numeric four, tc at gmail.com. We cannot wait to hear from you. Whatsoever. We are so pumped. We love you ever so much. We, we do. We're giving you, you all of the consensual kisses on the nose. And we ask that you tell a friend, tell several friends, repost. Um, yeah. You know what? When it is drop day, we always post about it. So that is always a good thing to share on Instagram if you're there. Um, otherwise, just, you know, we say it literally every week, but we love you guys so much and we are so excited to grow our ATFTC fam. And it's literally at this point quite only in your hands because we have talked at nauseum to everyone that we know about this. It's true. Um, which means not only are we so grateful because every time we grow, we know it's you guys. But it does mean that every time we grow, we get to, you know, add a new person to our little fam. And our fam would not be the same without any of you. So please stay safe and stay good to yourself. Uh, Talk to your therapist if you need to, because this one sucked. They all suck. Um, (laughs) And also, I don't know. We love you so much. You got anything else? No, I think that's it. I think if I look at my watch, that was about time for true crime. Bye. Do some self-care.